Hello, Isabella. In this recording, we will focus on food standards, which have become increasingly important in global agri-food chains. They operate on different scales and are developed by states and international organizations, but also by private actors in the value chain. Please tell us what exactly food standards are and how do they operate? Thanks, Morella. Sure. Um, so food standards are sets of criteria that food products must meet in order to be sold and criteria can relate to safety, quality or sustainability. Standards can be public or private and in many agri-food value chains, public regulations and private standards operate simultaneously, but are generally enforced in different ways. So different types of standards include public mandatory standards, uh, public voluntary standards, legally mandated private standards and voluntary standards. Um, so public mandatory standards are what we might more commonly refer to as regulations, and these can be enforced through criminal and or uh, administrative action by regulatory authorities. Public voluntary standards are standards created by public bodies, but whose adoption is voluntary or um, or these could be seen as optional laws. An example of this is the French government's uh, label Rouge Food, um, uh, which, uh, which is a quality assurance standard. Legally mandated private standards are standards developed by the private sector, which are then made mandatory by public bodies. And then voluntary private standards are standards developed and adopted by private bodies. These may be enforced by third party certification and auditing processes to demonstrate independence and credibility. Such voluntary private standards may include individual firm standards such as Shared Planet by Starbucks, uh, collective national standards such as the Assured Food Standards, um, that's the red tractor label in the UK for food safety and quality, and collective international standards such as Global Gap, the Marine Stewardship Council and the Rainforest Alliance. So private adopters of standards such as supermarket chains can compel compliance with standards by encouraging other, other private entities to implement these standards, such as food processors and ag agricultural producers they're sourcing from. Through the market power of the initial adopters, standards can become uh, de facto mandatory for producers and processors to access important markets. But not all standards are top down and, and driven by government or powerful retailers. Producer groups and organizations can develop standards from below to differentiate products based on particular production systems. Um, for example, organic production or high animal welfare or if they're produced in particular regions. Great. Uh, in our case studies, we chose three examples of standards, which are very different from each other. The global gap for fresh fruit and vegetable, the fair trade standard, um, the protected designation of origin, and the EU organic certification. Could you please tell us more about these four uh, food standards? What are the most important issues that agricultural producers should be aware of? Yeah, so uh, Global GAP is a private standard that, 
that promotes good agricultural practices on imports of fruit fre uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, this is known as an in-chain standard, and that's not intended to be communicated to the consumer via product labels. Research has found that across countries, uh, G uh, GDP per capita is shown to be uh, positively correlated with the no number of global gap certificates that have been issued. Smaller countries are less likely to have any certified farms. So, and certification is highly influenced by previous trade relations and farmers' participation in organizational innovation has also been found to be negatively um, affected um, by poor quality national institutions. So while Global Gap has been promoted as a strong sustainability standards, the environmental benefits from Global Gap have been considered rather modest to date, um, and it's been seen as uh, really having more focus on global uh, on uh, food safety. So we also examined fair trade certification in the context of Palestinian extra virgin olive oil. According to Fair Trade UK, fair trade means fairer pay and more power in the hands of farmers so that they can create change for all from investing climate friendly farming techniques and clean water for their community to nurturing women uh, leaders and making sure that children get an education. And through our review of literature, we found that even if Palestinian olive oil um, meets international chemical and organoleptic tests for export, it is difficult for this oil to flow into foreign markets without fair trade accreditation. But through the use of fair trade accreditation, consumers abroad are made aware of the harsh conditions faced by Palestinian farmers and how these are being tackled through fair trade. In response to this challenge, there have been numerous initiatives to support farmers. Standards have been used to grow and add value to the Palestinian olive oil industry and make new distinctions for olive oil, organoleptic tasting practices, organic certifications, uh, denomination of protected origin and ethical consumerism through fair trade strategies that seek to connect producer and consumer. These practices are aimed at an international audience and consumers um, are encouraged to engage in the taste of solidarity with Palestinian farmers. And then, as you mentioned, Morella, um, in our case study, we also examined the nomination of protected origin and European Union organic certification. Um, organic farming aims to produce food using natural substances and processes, encouraging the responsible use of energy and, um, uh, and natural resources, biodiversity maintenance, enhancing uh, soil fertility, maintaining uh, water quality, and preserving regional ec ecological balances. So the EU sets out rules and regulations governing the production, distribution, and marketing of organic products in the EU. And farmers should bear in mind that for trade of organic products with countries outside the EU, there are specific requirements depending on the countries of origin. Key principles in organic farming include the prohibited use of genetically modified organisms and ionizing radiation, and the limited use of artificial fertilizers, herbicides, and pesticides. Organic food and feed products must be processed separately from non-organic products, and there are clear rules on labeling and, on which, and, and, and regarding which products can use the EU organic logo, and specific limits to the substances, additives, and processing aids for product processing. 
So in our case study, we reviewed research looking at the preferences of consumers from central southern Italy in relation to extra virgin olive oil consumption and the extent to which uh, protected designation of origin and EU organic certification influence pur purchase intention and quality perception. And the study found that the people interviewed prefer local olive oils and are positively influenced by this product designation of origin and organic certification, but price was not such a decisive factor for purchasing choices. Thank you for this very detailed explanation. And now the last question. Do you think food standards can become a tool to promote sustainability in agriculture? Thanks, Morella. This is a really good question. I think that food standards could be used as a tool to promote sustainability in agriculture, but research is needed to more fully understand the impact of these standards. We found that a lot depends on the governance and institutional environment of the standards. So the positive opportunities from the adoption of private agri-food standards are associated with product differentiation and added value to products as firms can communicate product attributes to, uh, to customers that then set them apart from their competitors. Another important benefit of food standards is the prevention um, of safety risks in value chains in response to food crises such as salmonella, dioxins and uh, BSE. Um, standards have emerged that improve the traceability of global value chains, which is critical for identifying the sources of food safety risks, um, developing appropriate responses and securing consumer trust. For poorer countries, integration into the global markets is considered to offer the potential for more rapid growth and poverty reduction. Private standards may act as catalysts of processing, uh, of, of processes of upgrading in developing countries and competitive positioning in international markets. Studies have also found positive evidence of smallholder market integration through third-party certification in African countries, for example. However, there are concerns that retailer-driven standards increase the inequality within, uh, within countries between farmers that are able to comply and those that are not. Although food standards have been promoted to secure market access, they may in fact create a new trade barrier for agricultural producers in developing and transition countries, ex excluding uh, small farmers um, or farmers in developing countries from access to uh, European and North, North American export markets um, if they're unable to comply with standards. And of course, this may be particularly pronounced for countries without current trade relations. More critical perspectives consider that Western company-led standards are reproducing colonial food relations. And some studies argue that the organic sector is moving away from its original bottom-up uh, alternative food movement positioning with strong corporate actors attempting to dilute standards. So small farmers may face uh, high costs of implementing new private standards, especially documentation and certification costs. And then while some workers may benefit from new management practices that give increased responsibility um, to an uh, elite group of workers, an increasing share of the population may be disadvantaged. 
And although social benefits are observed uh, from private standards, some research studies find that opportunities tend to exist only for a small subset of suppliers receiving capacity building support from non-governmental organisations, development or multilateral agencies. Here it is again evident that a lot depends on governance and institutional environment of the standards. Few studies have um, explicitly examined the links between food security certification and standards, but certification may impact on individual or household access to food by changing their income or land rights, and as a result, their access to food. Sustainability certification may also affect food security by changing food quality and safety. Unfavorable weather conditions, political instability, or economic factors such as employment and rising food prices can all be a source of food instability. And sustainability certification can bring uncertainty to producers' income if price premiums are not insured, but sustainability standards may increase climate resilience of agricultural production and improve food stability in the long term. Thank you, Isabella, for introducing us to the, these very interesting case studies on food standards. Thank you very much, Morella. For more information and sources, uh, you can find our report, Sustainability in Agri-Food Value Chains, case studies from the Mediterranean regions and the Middle East, which is available on our project website, agricultural-voices.sussex.ac.uk.